All right, uh, talking about uh, international there, as you know that FIFA, uh, the governing council, has not ruled out expanding the 2022 World Cup in Qatar uh, to 48 teams. But a final decision, I do believe, will probably be pushed back until June. And uh, Now, FIFA's feasibility study on the tournament envisages uh, some additional games in an expanded World Cup possibly being held in either uh, countries with uh, Kuwait as well as Oman. Uh, mentioned as options, a deep political as well as economic rift in the Gulf, complicating uh, the prospects of sharing the tournament. Now, Confederation of African Football, CAF, uh, that's the Vice President, Amaju Pinnick, uh, says that Africa will definitely support expanding the 2022 World Cup in Qatar to 48 teams. And the BBC's Piers Morgan had a conversation, though, with Pinnick, and he joins us on the line. Piers, thank you so much, uh, Piers Edwards, uh, BBC World TV presenter, obviously focusing on the African continent. Great to have you once again on the line. Uh, was it a fruitful conversation you had with uh, the delightful Amaju Pinnick? <laughs> fruitful. Uh, probably more fruitful for Mr. Pinnick in terms of um, him wanting to, to get his message out there and his, uh, his lobbying effectively um, for a, an expanded 48-team World Cup. And uh, Amaju Pinnick is fairly close to Gianni Infantino, it must be said. And so, to some respects, he was he was delivering uh, Infantino's message. Infantino certainly wants the 48-team World Cup, and so does Amadou Pinnick. And every time I ever ask him why, he always has a very simple answer, and it is, rather depressingly for some, just simply more money. More teams means more money. And uh, he even supported uh, the 48-team expansion for the 2026 World Cup for those very reasons. Forget uh, those who argue that the quality of, of the football will be diluted. For, for some, it's all about the money. Um, others will tell you it's all about giving smaller teams a chance to uh, appear at the World Cup for the first stage. But um, FIFA's coffers seem to, uh, the state of FIFA's coffers seem to occupy some at the top rather too much, let's say. But isn't that the whole issue, though, appears when you look at the equality? When, when you get to a World Cup stage, you can't just be trying to accommodate those smaller countries or those smaller teams and need to rise to the level of uh, uh, competition that we are expecting to see and witness as the viewing public. Uh, because when you watch a World Cup, you don't want to be watching too many teams. Otherwise, you do lose interest. You stop really following it. And I just think something is diluted from what we normally have. We, we are singing from the same page, uh, Rob, because um, well, I'm based here in London. <clears throat> Obviously, uh, take a keen interest in European football as well as African football. The, the 16-team European Championships, for my money, used to be well, the, the best uh, football competition out there because it was it was so concentrated, the quality of the event. You get massive teams like France and Spain meeting in the group stages, super high quality, without the pressure of the knockout stages, so you've got an open, expansive, flowing game. Now we're going to have a 48-team World Cup. I mean, sorry, just on the European Championships, look what happened when it went to 24 teams. So many games, a very complicated system to, because it's not an even number to, to, to work it into the knockout stages easily. You've got to have a very convoluted process just to knock out a few teams, a little bit like the Cricket World Cup. And for the first time in, in living memory, I personally didn't watch all the matches because it was just too much. The same thing will surely happen to a 48-team World Cup. And we're going to see, well, this June, July, how it's going to affect the Africa Cup of Nations, which has obviously been 16 teams for so many years. It's going to go up for 24 teams. Yes, there's a moment in, in the sun for the likes of Madagascar and Mauritania and Kenya. But is that going to improve the overall quality of the competition? Arguably not. 
And the World Cup is not one thing to be messed around with. And if you go up to 48 teams, well, you're never very likely to come down again. If anything, you're ever going to get even bigger. Well, frankly, where does it stop? It, it doesn't look like it stops, though, because if it's all about the money, when it comes to money and uh, beefing up and bulging the coffers, it, it never does stop. When you heard um, Gian Infantino talk, Piers, about you are looking or you are in front of a happy FIFA president, I am always happy, but especially today because we have taken some important decisions. We've come to conclusion, yes, it's feasible to move from 32 to 48 teams at the World Cup, provided certain conditions are met. And since we decided in January 2017 that we should increase uh, the teams in 2026 and following a request from the 10 South American associations whether it's feasible to do so in 2022, why would you think that he conclusively believes that he is a happy president? Is that because they will have it FIFA's way as opposed to footballing and quality way? Uh, very much, as you say, the, the, last, uh, the, the point about him having it his way, having it FIFA's way. And also, let's not forget that Gianni Asantino has invested a lot of personal time and energy in trying to make this competition bigger. Uh, he's got a history of doing it. He was actually the general secretary at UEFA when they expanded from 16 teams to 24. Then he was at FIFA when they expanded from 32 uh, teams to 48. He's got a lot of, of, of his own reputation riding on being able to push through his expansion. So if it had fallen flat on his face, it would have been very, very embarrassing for him. Obviously, he's desperate to avoid that. He didn't completely fail. There is a, a, the decision taken on Friday when, when the FIFA Council met in the United States was basically to, to, to push this back to June and have a vote then. This means it's not off the table. It means it may still happen. So therefore, he has lived effectively to fight another day on the World Cup. And uh, he would have also been happy when he was speaking on Friday because he was talking about uh, the Club World Cup 2, which uh, is going to expand from 2021 onwards. And we must go back, Rob, to the, the initial point. You mentioned uh, something about the Middle East, Oman yeah. and Kuwait being the countries that are most likely to be able to co-host with Qatar. Now, if the World Cup is going to expand from 32 teams to 48, then Qatar firstly has to agree to that. If Qatar does then agree to it, it's obviously got to find a co-host. And as you mentioned at the top, the, the regional difference is basically the hostility at the moment, the, the lack of diplomatic ties between Qatar and three countries, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain and the UAE, means in all likelihood those three countries are very, very unlikely to stage any matches in 2022 should the tournament be expanded. So turning the attention to the likes of Oman and Kuwait, who could possibly co-host with Qatar. Amadou Pinnock said, let's make this a Middle Eastern World Cup. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of support for a, a Middle Eastern World Cup, and I'm sure there'd have been even more for it had it been made when the original vote was taken back in 2010. But that's the salient point, though. Qatar has got to agree, and then that tournament might just happen. And for Africa, of course, if it does expand to 48 teams early, well, the continent effectively doubles its money uh, at, the, at the, uh, the finals. Its presence will go up from five teams to nine and a half, that half position going into a playoff with another confederation somewhere. So that's a big increase. 
and obviously a huge amount of excitement across the continent for the extra teams and the extra countries being able to play at the tournament. Yeah, I mean, you, you slightly mentioned the issue of the Club World Cup and, um, you know, I was always thinking about uh, the impact that UEFA have made. Obviously, that's his former home and the, and the kind of publicity that that has gained as well. I'll take a quick spot break, if you don't mind, uh, Piers Edwards. Uh, then we come back. I just want to zero in on this FIFA Club World Cup and the numbers there, uh, you know, an approved and revised 2014 uh, Club World Cup and what that means for Africa. Uh, I know that our representatives, Mamelodi Sundowns, have uh, done ever so well in being on the platform like that. And um, I'm sure if they keep winning the uh, league championship back in South Africa, uh, you know, they'll continue to be part and parcel of that. And that augurs extremely well uh, for them. So any questions, 0605842250 is the WhatsApp voice note number as incoming. It's a Monday. It is Reaction Monday happening a lot across the world. All right, in conversation with Piers Edwards, BBC World uh, TV presenter with us on the line, talking all things FIFA and a couple of the changes that have either been approved or revised. Uh, I don't know, Piers, when it comes to something like a, a club World Cup, uh, it was, what, seven teams before, some of the best on the planet uh, going against each other, now wanting to expand it to 24. Isn't that the, the, the same thing we were talking about, the World Cup itself, uh, that more does not necessarily mean better quality? Uh, well, absolutely. I mean, when, when Infantino <clears throat> was trying to sell this project, he's saying that this is going to feature the best clubs in the world. Well, with all due respect to clubs coming from Africa, Asia, Oceania, and Central America, they're not going to be the best clubs in the world. The best clubs in the world frequently take part in the league that we already have, which is the Champions League, uh, taking place in Europe, of course. But FIFA wants to hit back with something. It wants to have something they could even begin to pretend to be equivalent to the Champions League. And this is their best efforts. Now, we used to have the Club World Cup every year. They're going to turn it into a four-yearly event now, a 24-team competition, as you've mentioned. And they hope that by playing it once every four years, they can really build up an interest in it. But the jury is very, very much out on this. And, I mean, do we, the viewing public, the fans really need it, is one question. Uh, FIFA certainly wants it, but does the rest of the world or is this again just about numbers of FIFA and on those numbers I mean I'm sure you've seen some of the numbers knocking about they're talking yeah. about 50 million pounds which is I don't know 70 to 80 million dollars let's say 70 million dollars give or take for each club taking part now any African team that gets eight seventy million dollars in their coffers well I mean that could be a game changer in terms of putting them ahead of the rest of the clubs on the continent I mean, that's ridiculous, though, because when you look at it overall and you see the kind of interest that uh, Champions League has always had, um, I yep. know people talk about the power grab that is out there, the, the fight for supremacy. Why would a FIFA, who are the world governing body, want to be, uh, you know, toe-to-toe with a UEFA who, if Infantino himself, he would know because he was there, know that as far as innovation is concerned. And when you talk about the numbers again, Piers, 2.5 billion uh, euros, for example, in broadcasting and sponsorship revenues each and every year is what Champions League draws every year. Why would you then want to tamper with that and maybe just give, you know, too much? I think sometimes we don't realize that too much football is also just a turnoff. 
Well, absolutely. And, and I mean, a lot of the, the European, well, first of all, the European clubs voted against it. So if this competition does go ahead in 2021, there's a very real possibility that the biggest clubs on the planet, the likes of Barcelona, Manchester United, Man City, you know, take your pick, AC Milan, whoever it may be, PSG will not be there because UEFA says that the international match calendar has been agreed for the next uh, five years, that takes us to 2024, and therefore changing things to 2021 uh, is not realistic, shouldn't be happening, and they won't be competing. Now, that would be a massive, massive blow for the credibility of this tournament, should that come to pass. As for extra football, Infantino has said um, the winners of this competition will play five games. Five extra games over the course of four years is not too much. I think we can all necessarily perhaps agree with that. But then this is going to be coming in the middle of a, well, certainly in Europe, it's going to be coming between European championships, though the players will not get any rest. They'll, they will play a European championships, play at the Club World Cup, play at the European championships, and then perhaps play at a World Cup. In Africa, meanwhile, well, the competition would have to move. They've only just, as we know, CAF in the, in the last couple of years, moved the competition from a, uh, a, a January-February slot to June-July. And now there's talk about this Nations Cup having to move to take place in just July itself in 2021, the Club World Cup taking part in June. So any players who's, who are representing their club at the Club World Cup and then have to go to the Nations Cup, well, obviously they're not going to be in the best form possible. I'm afraid, Robert, mm. you, the money, we keep on coming back to the money. We know that there's this hidden mystery uh, uh, investor or backer of this league, which uh, some believe to be the soft bank bank. And we're talking billions of, of dollars again. And that's what this project is going to be about. I think, uh, just to repeat myself, the jury really is out whether we need this. In FIFA's defense, their job is to look after the interests of global football. They are trying to make a global club competition and I will stop it there because I'm not a huge fan of this competition. It just seems sure. a bit wrong, yeah. but but expansion is the name of the game. I mean, someone here on Twitter was saying that, well, I think we're bouncing around the two issues, though, but they were saying that Oman as well as Saudi Arabia shouldn't get a piece of uh, what Qatar 2022 sweat uh, so much for. Qatar invested so much resources in that, but others are jealous of, and they can't now get it via the back door. Qatar will not say no to building three more stadiums. He says, well, let them. Uh, I suppose it boils down to that. That's a public view coming through from Twitter from Spiwa. How would you well, look at that? Well, well, first, I mean, well, we talk about their sweat and tears. We know that obviously conditions have been incredibly harsh for, for various workers, a lot of workers in Qatar. Let's not forget that when they made their actual bid, Qatar, in 2010, a part of their bid book, they, they, one of the stadiums was going to be built on what then was just simply sand. They were mm. going to build a whole new city in the middle of nowhere in the desert and then build a stadium within that city to host matches. So you're not just building a stadium to host games, you're building a whole new city to enable a stadium to be created to host games. So that, that's the measure of how far Qatar went. It'll be very, very interesting to see what sort of regional play they, 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 they make Qatar in, in terms of whether they do agree to co-host it. I, I get the impression that a lot of pressure is being going to be put on them by Gianni Infantino. There's a lot of talk about how football can, can help uh, diplomacy in, in a way that sort of straight politics can't. Um, I mean, a lot of people say a Middle Eastern World Cup should have happened. So who knows? Qatar, is. we can't lose sight of the fact that Qatar was a very strange choice. It's a tiny country. Um, it's going to be hosting 32 teams. 
he, I, I had a friend who once lived in Qatar. I said, what's the most notable thing about Qatar, apart from the money? He said, well, you can drive to all four corners of the country in one day. So oh. it's a tiny place. It needs all the help it can get. If the tournament does go to 80 matches in 28 days, because FIFA are not going to extend the period they have at present, you're going to get six matches on one day. Now, in a tiny nation like Qatar, it definitely needs help from outside. And I think sometimes, you know, reality does have to take uh, control over sort of what things might like to, to look like. But I, I think reality will bite if they do indeed expand when they meet on June the 5th yeah. in Paris. And that's all the member associations of FIFA coming together then. Oh, lovely chat again, Piers. Great breakdown, great analysis. I think you and I should pop across there to Qatar to have a, a quick inspection of the facilities there. But as always, thank you so much for joining us at Marawa Sports Worldwide. My pleasure, Robert. Good to chat as ever. Thanks so much, man. Piers Edwards, a BBC Bye. World TV presenter, joining us and giving us his breakdown.